to the Early Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Rick, and as always, I am joined by my fantastic co-host, the Cyril to my Andor, it's Robbie. Robbie, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I uh, binge-watched five episodes of Andor before heading over. <laughs> yeah, five episodes today. Today. <laughs> um, that's what binge watching is, Rick. I'm just, oh, I'm sorry. You don't, no, look, you can't call me Cyril and then expect me to act like a good person. <laughs> bitch. It, am I the bitch or is Cyril the bitch? It's, 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 both. Both. I should be Cassian, you should be Cyril. How is that even? Because, I'm clearly the star. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, this is clearly like I, I'm clearly the main character. No, it's here. because you're such a like stickler for the rules, and everything has to be. You know, da, 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 you know what I mean? I'm kind of just like loosey goosey, make it up as you go. Yeah, it'll all work itself out. Because I'm the one that runs this entire operation. <laughs> 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 if I wasn't a stickler, none of this would happen. So what you're saying is the world needs Cyrils. So what I'm saying so, is I'm actually a, more of a Luthan, that's a, you know, like yeah, I'm the, the guy behind that's fine. the scenes. That's fine. You can you can be a Luthan, sacrifice 30 good men. You're still whatever. Cyril. Fuck you. <laughs> the Cyril to my if Luthan, I'm is not, that better? If I'm not Cassian, I'm at least Bix. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't let your feelings confuse you, Rick. <laughs> the galaxy's number one baddie. Absol- uh, absolutely not. I'd say I'd say you're more of a Kino. Me? Yeah. You're you're hard ass at first, and then and then you know you're like we're getting out of here, we're doing this. Kino is fucking dope, so yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm see, I'm fair, I'm fair. So obviously, I'm not Cyril. Um, <laughs> Look, the introduction has been done. I'll be Mom Mothma. <laughs> rich, I will be a rich ranger lady. Uh, how, how's how's it been going? How's how's your day been anyway? You've been busy. Oh my god, I've been busy. I was wanting to just kind of like watch a couple episodes last night and then watch a few this morning and then head straight over. I got here at six o'clock, people. I was supposed to be here at like 10. Yep. I did I did notify Rick of the, the events that were in the works to change my... Yeah. Didn't my just rock up eight hours late. So no, I do no, appreciate no. that. Um, but, you know, like my missus stayed over last night, so we couldn't watch Star Wars. We had to watch another show. New Girl, if you've heard of it, it's fucking fantastic. New Girl is good. I do, I do really enjoy. We New just Girl. watched the episode. Actually, oh yeah, fuck you. It's been out for ages. Yeah, we watched the episode where Schmidt proposes. Ah uh, uh, yes. Uh, and I've that's like the very end of season four, and I've had my girlfriend thinking since probably like halfway through season one that they're not going to get together. Oh, does she not know what happens? No, she's never watched it. Ah, right. So, okay. like, I remember we were watching it. It was, like, the first time they had, like, a little, like, tiff. Yeah. And I was just like, why the fuck can't they just be together? <laughs> and she was like, wow, you spoiled it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to hold this as long as I can. Yeah, yeah. And then when they got together, she was literally, like, sitting up at the front of my bed, like, at the foot of my bed, as close to the screen as she could be, just going, oh, <laughs> They oh. made it work. She's like, they did it. I was just like, you're an idiot. It was so, it was so obviously coming. She's like, yeah, but you, because I don't spoil shit for her. Because she, yeah. always, she always asks me what happens. I was like, there's no fucking point in watching if you're just going to ask me what happens. Yeah, it defeats the whole purpose, yeah. right? And so, yeah, when I when I told her what happens, she was just like, wow, you've never done that before. You ruined it, blah, 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 blah. And then that happened and she was just like, yay. Oh, <laughs> fuck it out. What a good but, experience. But anyway, it just meant I couldn't watch Andor. Yeah. Because like I said, I wanted to watch them in their arcs. 
which I stand by. I actually, I enjoyed it this way as opposed to weekly sessions. Weekly drops. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was a lot. <laughs> there were times when I was just like, I just, I just don't want to watch it anymore. I want to, I just want to do something else. Like, I want to go hang out with my friends or like play now some you've place. got five hours of content to watch before you come out and see Rick. Um, <laughs> I was like, I did the math. I was like, yeah, these usually go for about 45 minutes, like anywhere from like 42 to 48. And then the last one was an hour. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> Why? Come on. <laughs> but it was good. Like, uh, I definitely... I think we were saying this before we started recording. This is probably like one of the higher quality bits of Star Wars media to come out. Oh, we haven't even started talking about it yet, man. You're jumping, jumping the gun here. Look, man, I'm just trying to get us into the real, to quote you, I feel like you say this quite a bit, the real meat and potatoes of it all. Does that, does that feel like a quote that I use a lot? I feel like you have. If we go back, probably, <laughs> I know we've done like... A number of episodes, but I feel like if we go back through all of them, you've probably said it in like four or five of them. I mean, I've definitely said it before, but I don't feel like it's something that I say a lot. Whatever, bro. <laughs> I just know that I've heard you. I think you might have said it like more than once in one recording. So I was just like, okay. Buddy. It's just stuck with you since then. Rick's just really in his meat and potatoes. <laughs> Rick's all about his protein and his carbs. Oh, look, I do... Um... I do like meat and potatoes. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> you married a German woman. I can't blame you. It's, yeah, look, it's it's the two staples of their meals. Like every single meal is meat and potatoes. So mm, meat, potatoes, beer, and bread. It's just that being said, she's never the one that cooks. It's me. Like I do all of the cooking. So wow, using your platform to shoot down your wife—that's a bit yeah, cold. partner shaming. Seems seems like something that <laughs> like a Cyril would do. <laughs> <laughs> No, he is very much not that. He's very obsessed with his his uh. Oh well, it's not even like. Yeah, no, don't even say that. He's just he's just like a love struck puppy. Yeah, it's a bit gross actually. She wants. We don't like this. She she wants Cassian gone too. I must love her. We're the perfect match. <laughs> I'm a creep. She's a cold hearted bitch. That's Let's all we need. Do it. We'll, we'll make it work. We should probably get. We're already. We're, we're we're waffling already. We're already getting into the. Uh, I never waffled into in the my episode, life. So let's uh let's let's get into the cocktails. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so cocktail this week. You got here. I was in the middle of uh, just watching TV and playing games on my computer, mm-hmm. and I hadn't really thought too much about the cocktail. So oh, it was no, just... you had a lot of time. Look, you did. I did. I did have a lot of time. I spent a lot of time this morning doing yard work, to be honest. Um, and then after that, I just wanted to chill out for a bit. So, well, you know, fired up the, old, the American Dad. Just put on some, like, you know, just background TV. And then started. I was telling you, I was playing uh, playing an emulator for Pokemon Fire Red, but it was also like a hacked version that replaced all of the Pokemon with Digimon. And it's sick. <laughs> I'm having a really good time. I'm having an absolute blast. <laughs> so I don't feel bad about this, but I also didn't prepare a cocktail. But also, neither did you. So again... I watched five hours of Andor. Well, look, the content's fresh in your mind. You should have something to inspire you from there, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, stone in the sky. Yeah. So we uh, look. I've I've thrown something together, and it's very sweet. And the reason I've made it very sweet is because I modelled this after the most beautiful of droids, B two Emo. Just, just such a sad name. Oh, look, sad name <laughs> for a sad droid. If we're being too honest, too emo. <laughs> but I love B two Emo. Like. More than I, I ever thought I could love a droid. Marva. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. I don't want to be alone. This Every time he stutters, just like kills me i did don't want to be alone i just love it like whenever oh. cassian rocks up he just goes cassian cassian oh it kills me it kills me so i made a cocktail specifically for b2 emo because b2 emo stole my heart in this tv show it's very sweet wow it's red i thought big stole your heart <laughs> no i'm a happily married man <laughs> this is like the love for a pet you know like wow <clears throat> what yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was an outrageous claim. Wow, I can't <laughs> believe you would say that. It's like, wow, how can you say something so bold? Outrageous, so true? <laughs> Rick. What? What are you talking about? So B2 Emo, a very sweet, deep red drink. I made it with my own uh, musk vodka. Sounds as gross as it is, people. Excuse me. Buddy, look, you didn't strain it. Okay, that's my only complaint. I did. I did strain it, but it is still quite... Um, <laughs> yeah, I did, I did, but, you know, fair enough. It's, it is. Look, you're, you're right to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> you get all up and defensive, like, oh, it's perfect. It's not, Rick. Look, I'm not here. I, I'm not trying to be ungrateful, but, you know, a simple strain. How many infused drinks have you made? Several. But I don't make it with things like musk, where well. it can, like leach into the drink you know well you use gummies because they dissolve yeah but they don't dissolve that well man depends on how long you leave it i've used gummies as well and there's definitely still some thickness to that alcohol. yeah but you still strain it you know yeah i'm still stra- i strain the musk as well there's no need to raise your voice <sighs> <laughs> you're telling me to do something i already did get a load of this guy people <laughs> Fucking animal. Oh, let's talk about the show. <laughs> what show? I want to talk about this. <laughs> so what strain did you use? Just a normal strainer. <laughs> I was joking. Let's Just talk about the show. Just a normal wire strainer. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Relax. Just breathe. Breathe, little brother. No. I'm holding my breath for the rest of the show. <laughs> I'm holding my breath, and when I open my eyes, you'll be gone. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the show. So we are here to talk about Andor, the Star Wars series. Finished up. The last episode just came out this week. So we're doing these reactions very, very quickly. (laughs) We haven't had a lot of time to digest the information. So look, don't shoot us if some of the things that we say are wild. They probably will be. Bring it on. (laughs) But I'm going to go out like straight out on a limb with a bold claim. Well, actually, personally, I don't think it's a bold claim. But well, this is, I think, the best thing that we've had in Star Wars since Rogue One. In live action media. I think like in terms of just quality of what we've actually gotten here and the storytelling and what this does for Star Wars, I think this is more important than anything else that we've had. More important? More important. That's outrageous. Clone Wars, man. No, look, don't get me wrong. I love Clone Wars. Especially the final season. And I love that as well. But what Andor has done is show that there is the ability to have a fantastic story and a fantastic product outside of just having Jedi and clone troopers and Luke Skywalker. And like, there wasn't those Easter eggs. There wasn't those like tie-ins. This was able to be a, its own story and actually like, you mean like Rogue One? Succeed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's the best thing like Rogue One since Rogue One. Exactly. Yeah. You've not really given it much competition though, have you? I no, I think that like, I think this does more for Star Wars than anything else that's come out since Rogue One. 
And I think what I'm what I'm trying to get at with this is that this shows Disney and the people behind the production of Star Wars that you don't need to rely on the Jedi all the time. You don't need to go back to that well. And it's the same with Mandalorian, right? Like Mandalorian is its own thing and its own little pocket of the universe. This this show is so narrow focused on the sense that it's like it's focusing on Andor and his escapades while also focusing on the rebellion. But it's not this whole like, oh, there's the space wizards with their light sticks again. Like mm. it's, you don't have to rely on that the intellectual property of what Star Wars is for this to be a good story. Like I was talking to one of my friends the other day of saying like, you don't have to be a fan of Star Wars to enjoy Andor. Like Andor no, is just a fantastic product on its own. That's very true. It's just like a sci-fi espionage action thriller type thing. You yeah, know? exactly. It's, I, I think that this goes beyond the storytelling of Star Wars and just tells a, like just tells an incredible story and does an incredible job of, making you feel things and like realizing the stakes of what's actually going on here. It's, Bro, it's when they were at the funeral and they were playing the song, I was moved. Oh. And when Andy circus gave his speech, over the monitors, <laughs> I felt my eyes like starting to water. Like my heart was beating. I was just like, you fucking animal. Yeah. Get in mate. <laughs> One way out. So <laughs> we are, we're focusing on the last half of Andor here because obviously we did our first, the first six episodes we've already discussed. So we're going from seven to, is it seven to 12? Seven to 12. Seven to 12. Seven, to, yeah, seven to 12. Yes, that's yes, correct. Rick. Sorry. Seven to 12. Mass. Let me say discussed. it again. Seven to 12. One more time. Seven to 12. <laughs> we and discussed for, this in a just previous good luck, episode. Seven to 12. Maths is not my strong point, but this, this last six episodes the amount of emotions that I felt watching this show, such a roller coaster. So I watched the last three episodes last night, came home from work. Well, actually, let me, let me paint you a picture here. Oh, so, please. <laughs> Cora's away for the weekend. You poor thing. Must be so it's, all, it's just me all by myself. With your dogs. With the dogs, with the dogs. Cora left yesterday. I finished work, knocked off work a little bit later, had a meeting with the boss. It was a good discussion. It was a positive conversation. Went to the gym, finished at the gym, got KSC on the way home. <laughs> Cora doesn't like KSC, so when she's away, it's the only time that I can really have KFC because, you know, when we're having cheat meals, we don't normally get KFC if Cora's around. There are better things to get than KFC. I know, but it's like, you know, you get KFC once a year, you're going to get KFC, right? Like, that's the choice that you're going to make because you've, you know, you, you've had Maccas, you've had Domino's, you've had all of that stuff. So let's, let's do the thing that I never get to have. So I've picked up my KFC, I've come home. Sat down with my KSC, turned on Andor, and then for the next like three hours, just an emotional wreck. <laughs> I was exhausted coming out of this. There was times where I was like tears in my eyes. I felt like cheering. Like, there's points where I was like, I am about to start ugly crying if this doesn't fucking change very quickly. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this when we talked about Disney. There's not a lot of things like there's not a lot of TV shows and movies and that kind of thing that have actually made me tr- made me cry. That this this was. This was like pushing those buttons. This was getting me to that point because this was just a ride, like an absolute emotional ride. And mm. like, you know, people have talked about how slow it is. But for me, this like you've just set like it's all just tone setting so that when things actually do kick off, it's just like it punches you in the guts. There's so many things in this show that we talk about Andor gets captured, gets arrested, taken to prison. And then under an alias. 
Just yeah. Just yes. What was it? it was, what was his name? Keith Gergo. Keith. That's right. It's like Keith with a lisp. We spend two episodes of him in prison. Two episodes? Two episodes when Olaf, which is the old guy that's in Cassian's group, dies. And we spend that episode with Cassian asking Kino, who is the uh, the head prisoner on that on that floor, you know, how many guards? How many guards are there? How many guards are there on each floor? And he's asking him constantly throughout throughout the episode. But this guy's so indoctrinated, he's he's written like, no, 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 I'm just here to serve my time and then get out. And then they find out that nobody's getting out. And then the closing episode, the closing scene of that episode is Cassian turning to Kino and saying, How many guards are there on each floor? And Kino's walking away and he just says, never more than 12 at a time. And the episode closes. And and you know it's about to and go down. That shit is about to go off. That was when I that was when I last watched. And I was like, holy shit. What? Like, so you watched that and then I you watched just held to, off. I watched three episodes. You loser. And then. The worst mistake you've Well, ever no, because I, I watched up until that point. There was no more episodes to come. Like, uh, I, I, was, I had to wait for the next episodes to come out. So I watched up until that point, And that was the point that I, it closed. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Like, everything is about to kick off. And then the next episode, we have the activation of the prisoners within the, the jail there. And it's just incredible. We have Kino absolutely spitting bars. On the on the on the comms, okay, all right. just <laughs> insane. And like Kino is giving his speech to the prisoners, rallying them, telling everybody to rise up. I was I was in tears at that. Just like the sheer hope and the emotion that's coming through. Andy Circus, we got we've got to stop and just take a couple of seconds here because Andy Circus is fucking incredible. I don't think I've watched anything with him in it that I haven't enjoyed. That being said, I haven't watched Ben Affleck's Batman because I know that he's Alfred in that. Yeah, yeah. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I enjoyed. Obviously, Lord of the Rings, I love. I loved his character, Ulysses Claw in Marvel. He was genuinely one of my favorite parts of Age of Ultron. Yeah. You know, when he's just like, are you going to show me Cuttlefish? <laughs> I was just like, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck him up. Play, play games with him. Yep. And then Ultron just fucking cuts him. I'm like, oh, come on, man. To my boy like that. But then, yeah, seeing him in this, I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be good. He was fucking cooking. Like, Andy Circus was just on another level. For the first episode in the prison, though, I was like, man, why are you being such a bitch? You're being such a hard-ass to all your yeah. boys. Like, you're a prisoner as well. You know, you, treat, you know, just treating everybody like, you know, ah, well, we just got to do our job. Knuckle down. Keep your head down. Make sure you're, make sure you're productive. That's all I care about. But boy, when that switch flips for him, oh, so good. So good. He was just so secondary to Cassian, though, in the whole thing. Like, Cassian needed him because, like, people listened to him. He was the leader. But, like, he had no idea what he was doing. Well, that was, and I think, like, this, this, that says a lot about Cassian's character because, like, he knows his place in all of this, right? Like, he knows that he's the one that's kicking all of this off, but he knows that he's not the one that they're going to follow. And that, obviously, that's, that, translates into his role that comes in the rebellion that we see in Rogue One that he's the guy that just gets shit done but he's not the inspirational leader and he recognizes that Kino is and he like forces Kino into that position mm. he's like no 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 you have to do this yeah because like, even when he's like speaking he's like is that all you fucking got because he, <laughs> he like he gives out like some hell dud speech at the start he's like yeah. is that it and then he pretty much rips what Cassian said to him word for word yeah yeah and then he goes on a little bit more I was just like you fucking one way, yeah. Oh, that one was way, that yeah. was that was nuts. Like hearing oh. the whole prison just one way out. Fucking goosebumps. 
absolute goosebumps. Those prison officers had every right to hide <laughs> the oh, way they I were hiding. That. Yeah, I was just like, why wouldn't you? Like the fact that some of them were like, let's get them. I was like, bro, if I was working in a prison, the second a group of them get out and like, because it was like, yeah, 12 a floor, eight floors, eight times 12, whatever that is. There's 50 a room. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? 50 to a room. Yep. Yeah, you don't have the numbers here, guys. I was like, seriously, like, why are you guys... Like, they're like, yeah, well, we can make the floors really hot. It's like, well, cool, but not anymore. Let's talk about the prison for a little bit, because I... That first episode where Cassian does get taken to prison, what was your first thoughts of him going in there? It's like, the shoes are off, they've got no weapons. I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like, why is this such a... This seems so simple, but there is just this, like undertone there like it just felt so ominous at the same well, time well i just felt like it was kind of like what cassian needed because he was always like whenever he was with like rebels he was just like yeah look it's not my problem i'm just gonna hide i'm just gonna fucking stay out of the way i'm here for myself it. yeah yeah and then like with that whole prison thing he's kind of realized like yeah i'm in this now so yeah like yeah it's a very simple concept you know like cassian goes to prison and, and shit happens it's like oh really that's yeah. crazy but um, and yeah, Cassian goes to prison and his worldview changes. <laughs> also, I just want to say this, right? I feel like that's like the safest prison I've ever seen in my life. Safe, safest in terms of like security. Well, it's just like when your cells are, well, when it's like shut down, it's like the, you can't leave your cell. Yeah. There's a door there. You can kill yourself if you want, which we do, we do see. see. But I'm like, if you watch like, I watched a show called Blackbird. It's on Apple TV. And that is an intense show. Uh, like It's got like this guy that goes to prison and he's just always watching over his shoulder. You know what I mean? Cassian goes there. He just works 12-hour day and goes back to his room. I work 12-hour days. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if my work was as simple as what they were doing, holy shit, I'd love my life. Oh, Cassian's been kidnapped by the Empire. That is bad. You know what I mean? Like You know that that's shit and you're like, yeah. The Empire's running the prison and they suck. I just felt like people could have got comfortable in that. Like, I, I feel like when the riot kicked off, there should have been people kind of like not there for it. Well, it's, I think it's, it's also the fact that it's, you know, Kino did say over the intercoms, no one's getting out of here. Like, you're never going to be free again. Being- yeah, but you got to remember, like, most people in Star Wars live poor as fuck because the Empire's taken the galaxy's resources for themselves. Yeah, but that's also, like, you still have your freedom within that. Like, you can still do things with your life. You can still make choices. This, you have zero choice. Like, I can, I, I understand your point. Like, people could very easily just be like, oh, I'll just serve my sentence. It's easy. I'm just saying, like, there are people in the real world that will commit a crime to go to prison because it's a easier life for them. You know what I mean? I mean, I've never, like, <laughs> I've lived a sheltered life. I've never spoken to anybody like that, so. <laughs> just saying. Like, what is it? I think it's Sweden. I think it might be Sweden. Some Scandinavian country. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a rehab facility because they believe in rehabilitation, not punishment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a fucking five-star hotel. It's ridiculous. You know what okay. I mean? That does sound like Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Swedes. God damn it. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but basically what I'm trying to say is like, I just felt like the prison should have, I feel, I, I feel like the guards should have been more involved. Yeah. Like maybe like some dickheads come past, just walk through the cells and, 
you know, just give a couple of the boys a bit of a prod just for looking at them. That also displays the Empire's hubris, right? Like that shows to them how little they actually care and how little they think that they're at threat here. And it's what Cassian said. I think it was in the third episode where he was like, well, the Empire don't care. Yeah, they're, 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 not, just, they're not listening. They're, they're not paying attention. They don't, they don't all, care what we say. They're all fat and lazy and they don't they don't care. So it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, like the prisoners are fine. They, they don't think that there's ever going to be a threat to them until that threat is literally on their doorstep. And you see the same thing and we can probably jump jump ahead a little bit here, but you see the same thing after Cassian's mother dies, Marva, mm-hmm. and we have the funeral, which then leads to the riot in Ferrix. Just before we go on to that, something that just made me realise how complacent people that work for the Empire are, uh, when the guy working the controls in the prison goes, how's it looking out there? And he gives a quick look outside. Yeah. He, they know that there's seven people at a table, right? Yeah. And at some of the tables, there were six. Where are those people? You know? And it's like, oh, yep, all good. And then all of a sudden, the lift's jammed. You know, people are getting pelted by fucking... Parts. Parts of fucking (laughs) machinery and shit. Yep. And it's like, oh, how is this happening? It's like, bro, if you just did your job a little better, none of this would have happened. (laughs) It's one of those like, no one could have ever seen this coming. (laughs) No one except for the people that are literally looking out the window. (laughs) As as someone that uh, works in a place where if anything goes wrong, the first question you get is, well, why'd you do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's never like, oh, are you okay? This is always like, why did why did you do it like that? Yeah, yeah. So it's like... How did this happen? Yeah, how did this happen? They're trying to get to the bottom of that. And they're just going to go, did you count the people at the tables? I, di- I didn't. I didn't. Why didn't you do that? I... But I've been coming here every day for the last three years. It's not hard to count to 50, Rick. Nothing's ever happened. It's not hard to count to 50. Oh, 49, sorry. <laughs> You can't tell me that you've never gotten lazy at a job. No, I definitely have. <laughs> of course I have. But I'm like... <laughs> Do my, you realise who you're talking to? <laughs> my, no, but my job doesn't... I'm not worried about people when I'm at work. You know what I mean? My job's not to ta- to be concerned by what other people are doing. Yeah. If my, I get it. I yeah, get what you're saying. I'm just saying, if I was responsible for prisoners, I'll make sure that I can see them before I'm like, yeah, you can go in, man. You're all good. But yeah, I mean, as as you said... That that is the highlighting of complacency, the, the complacency and the incompetence as well. And we've talked about this when we've talked about other products from Star Wars as well. That it's they've done a very good job of displaying the Empire as this like arrogant. We're not really paying attention. We're honestly we're just here to keep our heads down and make sure that we don't get in trouble because we're going to get choked by our boss at some point. Like they've done a very very good job of just showing the Empire is we're just here to tick the boxes, guys. But those are only the people that work directly for the empire the ground level guys no no, not even that but like literally anyone that wears like an imperial uniform because then you have with like the senators and they they all work under the empire yeah in the senate but a lot of them are like palpatine's hopeless at his job you know i mean like in the last couple episodes a bunch of the politicians just talking shit about him i was just like yeah. Oh my God, that's some brave choice of words going on. But that's on here. also like that's encouraged by Palpatine because he doesn't want to be like he doesn't want people to think that he's the Empire dictator kind of thing, you know? Like if there's people in the Senate, because he's at this point in time, like he's essentially just like dissolved the Senate until it's next to useless, right? So politicians talking about him is not a threat to him at all. So he's okay with that. Yeah, I suppose. Should we talk about Ferex and the death of Marva? 
Are you ready? I'll talk about Ferrix. I don't really want to talk about the death of Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be alone. I, I don't want to be alone. I, I want, want to be Marva. with Marva. Oh, my heart. Oh, yep. also, just real quick, when they show how Clem died... Oh, yeah. That fucking came out of nowhere. Yeah. I was just like, why? Yeah. Hung for trying to stop someone from attacking oh, bro, the stormtroopers. Just fucking... Yeah. Oh, I was like, you're kidding. I want to talk about this like, after we've talked about Ferrex, but this entire show is just like the lead up and it's just the combination of experiences to... Essentially, like this entire season is a sequel to Rogue One of... Like, this is Cassian and how we got Cassian to become the rebel that he is. You mean a prequel? Prequel, yeah. Sorry, that's the word. That I, that's, that's the one. I'm really, really looking forward to season two. Oh, yeah. Now that he's, like, with the rebels. Exactly. So this is all, like, this entire season, as honestly, I think it's fucking incredible. As phenomenal as this season has been, has all been build up to the rebellion. Like, Cassian's say, rebellion. There were, there were two episodes where he was working with, and I'm, I'm using air quotes here people rebels yeah you know what I mean because they were just a motley crew of useless people yeah a rough group yeah fucking Namek and what's the other one Skeen Skeen fucking yeah. hopeless worms <laughs> Um all my homies hate Skeen all my homies hate Skeen all my, all my homies <laughs> love Namek yeah rest in peace Namek Namek reminded me of Mouse from the Matrix did, mm, did you get yeah. that vibe that like hopeful hopeful young guy yeah yeah just, just like, I hope that you do well and then he dies and you're just yeah, broken a crushed, bit. crushed by money. <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah, he was out here. He was trying to do a Scrooge McDuck and it just yeah. failed. <laughs> drowning in credits. <laughs> <laughs> All my homies drowning credits. It's the player's life for Nemec. <laughs> I, I loved um, after the riot how they had his manifest manifesto playing. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, that was that's another thing that I want to talk about when we talk about Ferrex as well, because you've got Cassian just sitting in the shadows listening to Nemec's manifesto before he before he goes to save Bix and you know, all of that stuff. It was and that's kind of like that moment of like, okay, Cassian's actually thinking about this now. Mm. It's that next step for Cassian just being because, you know, throughout this entire season he's just been a survivor. Yeah. Right? Like he's like, I'm going from like He's incident just, to incident. I'm just, just trying to get by. Exactly. I'm making some money. I'm trying to do the best that I possibly can here, but I'm just surviving. And now you're starting to see that switch between I'm just surviving. He comes out of the prison and being like, holy fuck, that was horrible. That was such a shit experience. And I can't believe that the like this is happening and nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah. Then he starts listening to the manifesto and it's like, okay, I have to do something about it. I have to be the one that is actually in action here to make this to make this problem go away. One thing I think they really did well once Cassian got back to Ferex was obviously, you know, he's like the hero of the story. Like he's the main character, you know, good guy, shoot bad guy. But <laughs> yep. when, he got, when he got back though, it wasn't like he created this whole plan where he reveals himself to the Empire. He was hidden the whole time. Like when the riot was going on, yeah. pretty much no one knew he was there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He snuck into the building, he got Bix out, and then he snuck back out. And that one guy did try to snitch on him. Yeah, his homie. Yeah, but Cassian was already gone. And then he died. I mean, that's karma, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's very much... That's what happens. Snitches get blown up by pipe bombs made by a kid that's upset that his father was killed by the Empire. Yeah, that old saying that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say it one more time. Go, Rick. <laughs> uh, 
we've put it off. Let's let's talk about Martha's death. Let's talk about let's talk about the uprising on Ferrix and how much it was just like soul crushing to watch. What what specific moment are you talking about? Are you talking about like when she actually dies, or are you talking about like at a funeral where she has the hologram of her speech? Or- no, the hologram of her speech was fantastic. Like that was more I found inspirational than anything else, especially coming at the end of the 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 marching band. Yeah, that was that was some powerful stuff right there. And I was watching that just like on the edge of my seat, like oh something is about to happen. And this is one thing that this show does very very well is it sets the tone and. I just feel like it makes its moments very memorable. Yeah, it lets you know like there's something coming up here and you can feel that in everything that's happening in the episode. You can feel that something's about to pop, something is about to happen and you're watching this like, when is this going to go? Like, when is this going to go off? It's, yeah, every every big moment in this is like flawlessly executed in my opinion. But yeah, Marva's death, we get Cassian's friend. I, I don't... I, I, I think he had a name, but I can't remember it. There was a lot of characters on Ferrix that were like, their names were mentioned one time. That it was like, I'm not going to remember who that person is, but it gives them that sort of like, I guess, human, like this is a this is a named person now. This is a real person. Yeah. Speaks to Cassian and tells Cassian that Marva's dead. And you've got Marva, I so say you've got Cassian standing out, staring out at the beach in contemplation. And then obviously he can, he's talking to Brasso when he gets back. He's blaming himself. Brasso relaying to Cassian what Marva said to him on her deathbed. Mm. Like, you know, don't let Cassian blame himself. The what was, what was the words that she used? He knows everything that he needs to know and he feels everything that he needs to feel. And then once those two things come together, he'll be an unstoppable force for good. And then it finishes off with that. Like, I'm getting goosebumps just like thinking about it now. But then she like finishes off with the line of, I love him more than any mistake that he could ever make. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is just soul crushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really touching. Like, I'd uh, be lying if I wasn't, like, sniffling a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be okay. You've just... You've still got friends and like you 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 can join the rebellion. Yeah, and, and your girlfriend's still kinda hot, I guess. <laughs> She's not even your girlfriend, so whatever. Don't even have that. Yeah. <laughs> she chose Tim, you fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, and everybody hates Tim. All my homies hate Tim. All my homies hate Tim. What a bitch. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, but then Cassian returns back to Ferrex. Everybody comes back. It's that that fine. Yeah, it was finale. a bit. I was a bit confused, like why Cyril was there. Well, because he's he's had it out for Cassian. Since I know, the start, but I right? was just like. But he also thinks this is his ticket to getting back on top. It's just so weird that like that other guy that was working with him, like his yeah, like why was he there? Well, you he know? lives there. Does he? Yeah. He called Cyril and was like, "Oh, letting you know, Marva died. Cassian's might oh, be coming back. That's right. He lives yeah, there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's come there, caught up with his old buddy, stared very creepily at Deirdre the whole time. Just, I just don't get that. I don't. He's. I really don't. Don't like Cyril's vibes. I really don't. I, <laughs> I personally, I personally blame his mother. Oh, look, the mother is not good. <laughs> not good at all. <laughs> she was very <laughs> just, toxic. Uh, just real quick, 
probably I'll be able to ask you to edit this next part out, but she she seems like a typical Jewish mum though, right? In media where they have like the stereotype. Oh, as mom. in like how they're portrayed. Yeah. I I thought for a minute you were saying like, oh yeah, that's I was like, oh no, that's no, 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 that's no, no, definitely no. getting it out of there. But how it's portrayed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I think there's like a conscious effort to maybe try and change that lately. But I do um yeah, that is something kept, that you I just do kept see thinking a lot. That. I was just like, I'm pretty it's sure. It's the overbearing. I'm pretty sure Jewish isn't a thing in Star Wars, but she definitely would be. Like She fits that mold that is portrayed in media. Yeah, yes. like the overbearing Jewish mother. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's like, Cyril, um, what are we going to do for your job? I don't know if you've spent much time watching The Big Bang Theory. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> I've watched that show in its entirety. Really? Probably, probably, Do you like the Big Bang Theory? I loved it growing up. You know, like uh, first, yeah, I suppose you were younger when it was when like it was out. The first two seasons I really enjoyed, but then like after that I kind of just like I've kind of just gotta see this off. Same vibes as Howard's mother. Yeah. Overbearing, always disappointed in their son, which is yeah, like, you know, obviously it's not right. It is very much a wrong portrayal because you know, being Jewish does not mean that you're a bad mother. <laughs> Also, but it is just, very just much to, the stereotype. Just to bring a call back to New Girl, Schmidt's mother is like that. No, oh, yeah, full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite character in New Girl? Schmidt. I'm not an idiot. Schmidt? Schmidt. Oh. Schmidt and then a very close second is Nick. Yeah. I If either of those two characters aren't your favorite, you've watched the show wrong. Look, I don't disagree, but also I love Winston. I knew you'd say Winston. I fucking love Winston. You're such a Winston. Winnie the Bish. Winnie the Bish. Frank Sinatra. It's your girl. <laughs> it's your girl. Winnie the Bish, a.k.a. Brown Lightning. I love him so much. He's and so- he's just like, he's not, he is one of the main characters, but he's never one of the, like the main story characters. Yeah. But he's just always there and he's always like, he's perfect. He's perfection as a comic character. No, I I um, I relate very heavily to Nick. <laughs> <laughs> like Nick says stuff and I'm just like that makes so much sense and then my girlfriend's like you're joking right so I was just like you wouldn't get it you know it's, it's a Nick thing you're not a bum you're not <laughs> I completely forgot where we were at now I was talking about Cyril being a creep and staring at Deirdre <laughs> but yeah this is like the uh this is the culmination. This is all of the parties. All of, everybody that's been involved throughout the series is now crossing paths at this one point, this one boiling point on Ferrex now. And this entire episode, you get a lot of the cuts where it's just the characters that we know watching the other characters without them knowing as well. So you've got Cyril watching Deirdre the entire time. You've got Sintra and Val sort of like keeping an eye on the on the. Pre- procession progression of the the marching band and no because Sintra was following um Corv 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 yeah yeah Sintra's following Corv Luthan's now there and he's kind of just like Luthan was right behind Cyril and Cyril didn't even fucking notice no no because he was too busy staring at Deirdre (laughs) yeah that's it staring at his love fucking crazy (laughs) and then it all kicks off everything goes to shit Marva gives a fantastic speech of like rising up and fighting back against the empire. And, and then, then that, that, that little bitch of like a captain 
pushes over B2 has, Emo. Has a little hissy fit. He's like, turn it off! And he couldn't even put his cape over it properly, so then he just flips B2 Emo. Kicks the droid. I was ready to go. <laughs> Kicks B2 Emo. Rick, I was ready to throw hands Rick right there. bought a new TV today, so he broke his other one in a fit. I was fit. heated. But thank God, Brasso just turned straight around and clobbers him just with Marva's funeral stone. Absolute wallop. <laughs> Brasso is a beast. Oh, yeah. I, d- I don't think Brasso is getting enough credit just throwing people around like they were nothing. He's a big dude. Yeah. I mean, they refer- the ISB was referring to Brasso as the big man the yeah. entire time. And like... <laughs> We've been duped. It's the wrong big man. Imagine being Brasso and hearing that. Like, how chuffed would you be? Oh, it's the big man. And... <laughs> It's uh, like, that, that's that's a little man mentality. You wouldn't understand, really. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not six foot eleven. Well, I mean, it's just like you know, when you're the big man, you're always. Don't the call big me man. little man, you fucker. You're not even six foot. You're little. That is so fucking rude. That that's is a, such a toxic mentality to have. What's your height, Rick? Five eight. There you go. My sister's taller than you. She's not that much taller than She's me. She's five nine. Yeah, I was gonna say you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. We're like the same height, basically. Whatever. Is your wife taller than you? No. Yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> or what? <laughs> It'd just be funny, you know? For you. For everyone. Everyone involved except you. Look, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why don't you go find a wife that's taller than you? Hmm? Because I love my wife. Well, then Cora's going to have to wear heels from now on. Why? Just so she's taller than so you. So you can make fun of me? Yes. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't ask for much, Rick. I do very little. <laughs> What makes you think you've earned the right to ask for my wife to wear heels? I'll be completely honest. I don't feel I have to earn that right. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, as a tall man, I just feel like this is a given for me. I just feel that it'd be funny. Nah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, all of my friends are taller than me. It's something which, like, my two best friends since high school are tall. Like, they're, like, I'm not entirely sure how tall they are, but they're, like, 6'5". So oh, shit. They're, like, legitimately, like... Yeah, they're actually tall. Yeah. Like, much, much taller than me. So, this is something which I've, you know, been around for quite a while. I'm not... Uh, shout out, Tim and Ellis, my my tall friends. They're, uh, you know, I'm not that insecure about it. Would I like to be taller? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would love to be taller. Uh, would you rather have hair or be taller? I'd rather have hair. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm just making sure your priorities are in check. Yeah. No, I'd rather I'd rather not have that bother. That that bothers me more than my height does, personally. Especially like when I get out of the shower and you're like, when your hair's wet, the baldness is much more visible. And, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a clean person, so I shower every day. So every day I'm getting that kick in the teeth of just like, ah. Every day? It's every- such a waste of water. That's gross, man. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> that is, that is, that was is a joke. So Don't edit that out. I'm joking. <laughs> Again, I forgot where we were, to- <laughs> we were talking about. But oh, we're talking about the right. We're talking mm-hmm. about the right. We're talking about Brasso just like, yeah, wrecking the ISB. There was one thing in this that I wanted to mention as well, which I loved, was the complete ineffectiveness of Deirdre in the field. Oh, my God. I thought they were going to kill her. I was so excited. I was so excited. (laughs) No, because like, you know, like, it's just like those moments where I was like, yeah, you're going to get what's coming to you. She was just like so happily torturing people. She was, and she's like, 
throughout this entire season, she's been so confident and so so full of herself. Of like, yep, I can handle this situation. I know what I'm doing. And to be perfectly honest, she is definitely competent. She's yeah, more I competent think, than think, most of the people in the I think we mentioned ISB. it in the, in, the, in the previous episode, which is about the first six episodes, was she was very similar to Reva in the way that she's like the only character on the Empire's side that was showing any form of competence. Yeah. And you almost kind of like in Deirdre, you know, being that she was kind of like held down at the very start of this season, you yeah. almost start to like root for her a little bit of like, ah, like she's competent, man. Like let her do her job. But then obviously she's a shit person. So you don't want to do that. But then she gets out into the field and she pulls her, pulls her blaster out. And in like five seconds, she's knocked down and she's on the ground and like, it all goes to hell for her. I loved that. I loved seeing that. And then that. her knight in shining armor comes yeah. and saves the day. And they're going to have little racist, murderous Hitler babies together. Probably. The most uncomfortable scene of the season where the, like he pulls her into the little storage room and they're right up next to each other and she says, oh, I should probably say thank you. He's like, oh, you don't have to. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone comes in and kills them both. So gross. Hated imagine, that. Imagine if Luthen just walked in and just went, pop, pop. Yeah, well, Luthen is cold as fuck. Bro, when he took out that patrol cruiser, yeah, I was like, oh my god, I didn't expect this in this series. Well, you think like Luthen is this antique seller, like clearly he's deep into the into the rebellion and he's trying to get things going here. But you never think of him like you think of him almost as kind of the uh, the anti Deirdre, right? Like he's like behind the scenes, calling the shots, making things happen, extremely competent. But he's very capable. Like he's. He's very similar to Deirdre, except that he's competent in the field. Exactly. He goes out there and he actually like kicks ass. It's like, holy shit, like Luthen is an absolute badass here. And calling his bluff on Saw, like pulling Saw into the rebellion and getting him pledged to the cause. Mm. Saw, who is in Star Wars canon, insane. Just a straight up crazy person. I know, but if you've watched Clone Wars, it's just heartbreaking as yeah. origin. And, you know, like the, the paranoia of Saw. And he's not afraid to kill somebody if he thinks that they're betraying him. And Luthen is just there in front of him. Like, I don't give a fuck, man. Like, I'm here to do a job. I just love how he was just like, yeah, he's my informant. Tubes. Calls him Tubes. Tubes. Tubes, <laughs> is, tubes. tubes is my informant. He's like, what? He's like, no, nah, he's fucking lying, man. He's like, no, nah, he's my informant, I swear. <laughs> he's just... He just uh... He's got Tubes coming out of his face so he can breathe. And he just turns around to him and he's like... It's Tubes. Tubes is my guy. Like, I love that. That was just fantastic. I loved that so much. But Luthen, absolute badass. Just keeping on the topic of Luthen, were you caught off guard when it was revealed that Lonnie was his informant? No, I kind of expected that. Just from, like, the interaction that they had within the, the ISB with Deirdre, Lonnie, and the, uh, the commander there. I was like, oh, there's something off about him and the way that the camera lingered on him a little bit. It's like, no, oh, they're, they're, they're pointing something out here. Mm. Only in that episode, obviously. Like, I didn't expect it going into that. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I was completely caught. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, my God. I was kind of just like, oh, <laughs> okay. And then he's just like, your daughter's growing up so well. I was just like, you cold motherfucker. Oh, one thing I wanted to say about Luthen is that- Savage. He- yeah, absolutely. Like he says it himself that he is using the weapons of his enemy. He's not as he's not better than the Empire. 
and Luthen realizes that he's not better than the Empire as well. Like, he is an asshole that will do whatever it takes to, to have success in this and to overthrow the Empire. And that means, like, sacrificing 30 men plus Krieger. Mm. You know, like, he's, he doesn't care. He's like, I am in this to, to end this. I am in this to overthrow the Empire. And collateral damage does not bother him. Yeah, but it's like, if he didn't have that mentality, it just wouldn't work. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's the unfortunate truth of, like, war. Yeah. Is sometimes you've got to sacrifice your pawn to get a couple steps ahead. Because, yeah, like you said, it took years to get Lonnie into the position that he's in. It's just, it's it's one thing that, like, we've never seen in Star Wars before. Because- I really like it. Like, anytime Star Wars gets, like, gritty. Yeah. Like, that's why Rogue One was so good. It shows you. Like it shows Cassian's, you the darkness. Cassian's first scene, he kills his informant because he's yeah. like, "I can't have the Empire knowing." Well, we have, let's say, the main movies, right? The, the prequels, the originals, the sequels, the whole thing. They're all focused on these altruistic, holier than thou heroes, and the heroes are, like, the heroes would never sacrifice anybody, as Captain America would say, "We don't trade lives." Like the heroes, which don't by sacrifice. the way is bullshit. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, well. The heroes that we see, this standard, this pinnacle that is impossible to live up to. And then you've got Luthen, who is just getting his hands dirty. That's a real hero. That's why Cassian was my favorite in Rogue One. I mean, it's, gro- it's gross to see. And like, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch. It's uncomfortable to watch how blasé Luthen is with just sacrificing 30 men. But at the same time, it's like, well, this is the reality of it. This is what has to happen. Mm. And you trust... You trust in Luthen because of what he's done and what we've been shown that this is clearly the way forward. This is obviously what has to happen, but you still feel uncomfortable watching it. Not and gonna, I, I really like it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It sent, it sent me down a little bit of like a, an emotional rabbit hole in that scene because I was like, damn, I wonder how many times that's happened in like real life. Oh. Like, especially in like World War Two and all that shit. Countless times. When they yeah. were just like, we're just going to have to send them in. Was yeah. Like, Oof. Oof. Yep. And knowing, knowing that the people aren't going to make it out yeah, just making like, that call. It's like, ugh, yucky. That's actually, ugh. Yeah. But, you know, when it's on a screen, it's like, that's tough. Yeah. So It's so weird, right? Like, when you think about it in real life, you're kind of, like, disgusted. But when you, it's, like, when it's in, like, media, like, on Star Wars, whatever, you're like, yeah, that's it. That's a hero. That's the stuff right there. <laughs> Man's doing what it takes. So, did you, like... Andor. Fucking loved it. <laughs> Fucking loved it. Yeah, don't, I mean, you feel like I have Don't ever question else. me again. Such a good show. Incredible. 100% on my Rushmore. I mean, we talked about like what, what our Rushmores were of Disney products in the last time we did Andor. This, is a hundred, this 100% makes it onto my Rushmore now. Just the quality of this. And I, I've said it before in, in other episodes of we watch these shows. We, we consume media. We watch TV. We watch movies, that kind of thing. Because of what it makes us feel and what we like, how we get out of it. Like there's the entertainment value of it, but like, you know, entertainment without emotion is like, you may as well just watch kids shows, you know? Well, hold on. Some kids shows are very good. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no to that, but I'm like, you know, I'm talking about trash here. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. But this show, and especially these last five episodes, the emotional roller coaster that this took me on personally, I like I, said, like I said before, I was exhausted. I was exhausted after watching this. Like I am just like emotionally wrecked. I don't know. I don't think I could have watched another episode after this. But at the same time, 
I loved that. I loved how much this show made me feel. And especially with the fact that in this day and age when everything is intellectual property, right? It's the MCU, Star Wars, DC, all of these things which are like, oh, we're building a universe and you have to watch this so you understand these characters and you have to watch this so you understand this part of the movie. That this is all of these characters that we really know nothing about except for Cassian and Mon Mothma to an extent. That for them to make me feel so much within this show is just a huge, huge testament to what they've managed to accomplish in this. definitely. And massive props to Tony Gilroy and the team behind this because it's fucking phenomenal. So out of 10, what are you giving it? Out of 10, I'll probably give it like a 9, 9.2. This is a 10 for me. You can't give anything a 10. I can't give it a you 10. You can't. I don't have any problems. So, there's no so flaws in this to, for me. There's nothing that you could you could change about this. No. Really? Yeah. Outrageous. I can't think of anything that I have wrong with it. <laughs> but it's no. But like literally for it to be a 10, you'd have to be like, it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Look, this is instant reactions here, right? In six months' time, I might rewatch this and go, ah, okay, like maybe this part doesn't hit as much. But right now, I am riding a wave from this. That and like, look, all of all of the reviews that we do are instant reactions. So this isn't me like blowing this out of proportion because you know we watched Black Panther and then two days later we did our review on that. Same thing with everything else that we've done reviews on. This is an instant reaction for me, and or is a ten. I think this is such a good product. Anybody who is putting off watching this because it's Star Wars and like, oh, I'm not really into Star Wars. I don't get the whole Jedi Force thing. You don't need to. This is something which you can enjoy without knowing anything about Star Wars. It is just a good story. It will make you feel things. It'll make you think about things. To me, at this point in time, this is a perfect product. So 10 out of 10 for me. I feel like you're doing what I did with Black Panther and you're rating on a scale. No. No. How is this rating on a scale? You're comparing this to other Marvel. You're like you're, you compare Black Panther to Black Adam and said, well, because this is Marvel, I have to grade it harsher. Yes, I did say that. Yeah, that's not what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> Don't a, come at me. A 10 just seems... I like it, man. I really, really like it. I can tell. <laughs> that's not, it's not... I'm not questioning whether... I don't know what like you want it. from me. It's just, to me, a 10 is inobtainable. Why? You don't think anything could ever be a 10? No. Why? It's a very negative outlook to have, man. No, because in my head, like, a 10 can't be beaten. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just saying that nothing will be better than Andor. I'm not saying, like, there's other things that can get a 10. Yeah, but it's not better because it's just, it's a 10. But it's, yeah, so it's the same. It's rated the same, man. All right. So... If we ever if we ever come across anything that you would rate a ten, would yep. you be able to go? Oh, it's better than Andor, or or Andor's better than this. Well, I don't know. We'd have to look back at what. Can I you think, think a 10. of anything that you would ever give a ten? Like, I mean, you're Avengers putting me maybe. on the spot now, but yeah, like I would probably put Endgame for me would be a ten. Okay, well, which is better? Well, they're different things. Mm-hmm. But they're both tens. Yeah. So which one's the higher ten? To me, if I put if if something's a ten, anything else is a t- that's a ten should be equal to that. Yeah, you know, but I feel like you'll always have a bias to one of the other things. Yeah, but a bias does not mean that one's better than the other. 
Like I can say that I get more entertainment out of Endgame, but what Andor accomplished, I think the quality of Andor. As far as storytelling. The storytelling and what they managed to accomplish with not having 10 years of build-up and the characters around it and the story that they've told in that is just as good. Well played, Rick. Well played. <laughs> Who, who's your uh, who's your MVP? Are we like are we can? Is the obvious answer Andor? Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. So if if we take Andor off the table, no, 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 no. Let's let's do it by arcs. You know, my arcs. Oh, okay. So we're going all. Do you want to go all the way back to the start? I don't know because this is just the last. Series. Ah, so you're going to go from like midway. So from what six to six to nine? <laughs> yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> six to nine. Kino. Yeah, of course. Yeah, obviously. And then the last three. Probably Luthen. Yeah, I'm pretty much there. It was yeah Luthen or um Barasa. Barasso. Barasso. Barossa. The Barossa Valley. Yeah, whatever his name is. It's like you said, man, everyone on Ferrex has a name. And I'm like, bro, you barely on the screen. Yeah. Don't have a name. Don't make me remember this. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The big man. I remember Tim because he was a fucking simp. (laughs) And he died for it. Yeah, he got what he deserved. To be fair, I should remember... Help me. Brasso? I should remember Brasso. <laughs> because he was just wailing on people with a brick made of a person. Yeah, he, he definitely left his mark. Oh. <laughs> true <laughs> words have not been spoken. <laughs> yeah, Brasso, true hero. As far as everything that's come out, maybe apart from Tales of the Jedi, I'm excited for the next season of this. You know what I mean? Like, I like the idea of going more into Tales of the Jedi because it's more stories about characters that we already know but we don't know a lot about yeah so i like that's my interest there but like i do agree that andor is a better show than tales of the jedi yeah but i'm excited to see what tales of the jedi brings but i'm also like holy shit i can't wait to get another season of what we just got yeah and i mean it's the the structure of the next season i think they're still remaining within that like small arcs yeah good i think i think that's such a good way to do a show they're also stretching it out more so this season is all like taking place within one year the next season is taking place over four years i think that's good i like that because it's um it means that they won't be able to oversaturate the show yeah yeah i mean because obviously storylines rogue one is going to happen oh yeah (laughs) as far as continuity goes yeah so if they go all right, season two takes over four years. It means that they've got less time to to damage his his story between yeah. season one and Rogue One. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for season two. I think it's, I mean, if it's anything like season one, it's going to be a success. And I think just based off of that, like, I don't know about you, but have you heard a lot of people talking about Andor? No, literally no one. Not enough people are talking about Andor, personally. There's like, you know, the other things that we've talked about, there's always been buzz about it. Like Obi-Wan, people were talking about Obi-Wan. She-Hulk, people were talking about She-Hulk. Like Andor doesn't seem to be getting enough conversation. And I really, I'm just going to do this one more, before we wrap this up, one more call out that if you're not watching this because you're not into Star Wars, forget about that and just go and watch it and actually enjoy this show. Because if this was, if this was something that wasn't on Disney+, Plus but was on like Netflix or like HBO or whatever it was, people would be raving about this. It's just the fact that it's got that Star Wars 
banner attached to it. And I think people might be a little bit fatigued by Star Wars and are a little bit burnt out by like Book of Boba Fett and the fact that that wasn't great and all that stuff. People are a little bit sick of the I, the IP, intellectual property, constant media machine that is Disney. Don't write this off because it is actually good TV. I mean, obviously Disney don't need my help, but go watch this and talk about it because it's fucking incredible. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Facts. Listen. <laughs> Period. <laughs> All right. Should we finish up? I think so. I don't have anything else. I mean, if we, we keep talking, I'm just going to keep saying how good it is. So I don't think I've got anything else to add. So I'm ready to, to wrap it up if you are. I have nothing relevant to the conversation of Andor that I would like to control. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we've got a couple of things which we've talked about doing over the next couple of weeks. Some fun episodes coming up. Not going to give away too much, but we might be... Uh... I'm very excited about the potential draft that we're talking about yes yes i'm very excited about that i feel confident because i feel that rick hasn't uh is not experienced enough in this uh no this this might be one that i'm a little bit uh i might be (laughs) on the bottom of this one that i i will say at the moment and i'm so glad that you brought this up because i actually won the last draft and we haven't addressed that look you didn't i did you got your wife and your mum to vote for you. Yes. And then one of your friends. A vote is a vote? Yeah, but you can't ask for them. You know what I mean? The My votes came to me naturally. Shout out Chris, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> Comic Vault, check them out. Keep them, uh, keep them rolling in, Chris. You're killing it. <laughs> oh, and also, thank you for always taking my side. I do love that and I love you. I do not appreciate it personally. <laughs> I said to him, like, it's, it's very hard for me to not take this personally we, uh, at this point. <laughs> we really should meet one time, Chris. <laughs> but yeah I, yeah, I thought, you know, now that you brought up the draft, I would just mention that I did win the last one. Yeah, but that just means that we're tired. But the, uh, well, no, because you didn't win the last one either. Yes, that I was did. a draw. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. What do you mean, no, it wasn't? Because your only vote was from your wife. Yeah, you only had one vote as well. Yeah, exactly, but it wasn't from my wife. It's still a draw. No. Yes. No, because Cora will never agree with me. One to one is I still a draw. I could say Captain America is the best MCU character and she'll still go, I agree with Rick. And it's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. And you know that. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know anything. So, yeah, I am a little bit afraid going into this next draft where we're hopefully bringing in another person for that as well. I'm so confident until... The other person. Right <laughs> and I feel like this is one that I'm actually going to be on the bottom of. And I'm not super keen on that idea, but I'm going to do my best. I'll do my absolute best. Yeah, but I I don't want to talk about what the draft is. We'll talk about it after we stop recording. Yeah, no, we're not going to give anything away here. We'll move my on. mom. Let's <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I want to talk about it. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, as always, please, if you do enjoy, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about it, you know? Give us, give us a share. Follow us on the socials. Exactly. Rick, Rick puts up funny memes and you can't understand them unless you listen. So you got to listen. But I, yeah, I promise they're funny. <laughs> I fucking love them. <laughs> There's just, there is context that's in, uh, involved in that, but I promise they are funny memes. I just love, it's kind of like having my own meme page. Because <laughs> like I see you post, I go, oh, what's he posted? And then it's something to do with like the last episode we've recorded. I go, ah. <laughs> I do have another one. Oh, I forgot. I was going to post one today. I'll have to get it up tomorrow. 
I've, I've got another one for our, for our last episode as well. So I'll get that up very shortly. But yeah, do jump onto the socials. Leave us a like. Give us a ha-ha react if you like our, if you like our memes. And uh, yeah, do tell, do tell your friends. Tell your family about it. We'd, we'd love to get more people listening and, uh, and engaging in the product as well. So yeah, let people know. Spread that word. But yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening. I don't think there's anything else that we need to say, is there? No, no, we pretty much did it. Easy. All right. Well, All right, thanks, thanks, guys. guys. Bye, Bye Mum. Mom.